0: Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart, and Rick Kearney. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. And now, here's Earl Stewart.
1: Good morning, everybody. Boy, the week flew by fast, didn't it? Saturday. Uh, This is Earl on Cars. My name is Earl Stewart. I'm a recovering car dealer. And uh, this is a show on how not to get ripped off by your car dealer, whether you're buying a car, leasing a car, maintaining, repairing it. We're here to help you out there in the minefields that are also known as car dealerships. It's it's a shame, it's my profession, in total transparency, I am a car dealer. I've been a car dealer since 1968. In recent years, I've evolved into more of a consumer advocate. Uh, write a column for two newspapers, uh, I have a blog, a lot of public speaking engagements, and this radio show, which we've been doing in one form or another for about 15 years. Why do we have to do it? Well, a lot of regular listeners know the answer to this, and we have a lot of regulars. In case you're new to our show, Earl on Cars, on the Truelty Station, uh, kind of misleading because we don't sing, this is not a musical show, it's a live radio talk show. Uh, we exist because of the different way car dealers treat buyers. Uh, retail is huge in the world. I mean, you buy just about anything these days. I buy it online, buy it in the showrooms, buy it wherever you want to buy it. And the consumers are fairly well educated, and they're demanding more so than ever before. So most of the retailers in the world have tried to accommodate the educated consumer with respect to courtesy, transparency. Now, I'm not saying that all retailers do this, I'm just saying the one group of retailers that has totally not done it are car dealers. Car dealers are ranked dead last almost every year in the Gallup poll honesty and ethics and professions. Uh, My apologies to you regular listeners, you've heard that hundreds of times. But I put it out there mainly for our new listeners and for the people that are wondering, why is this car dealer on the air, live radio, talking about uh, how not to get ripped off by car dealers? He's a car dealer. That's why. It's my profession. It's my legacy. And I'm a little ashamed of it. I, I would like to be respected and looked up to and, and admired. But when people hear I'm a car dealer, they're a little bit uh, nervous about uh, uh, my company. Frankly, and my sons are in my business, and one day they'll be running the business, and and uh, I want respect and and uh, people to look up to them too. Car dealers are not looked up to, and the Gallup poll is proof of that. Uh, This poll is done every year; it's been done every year since 1977, and since 1977, car dealers are either dead last or next to last. We have a lot of competition from congressmen and lobbyists, but otherwise. Uh, we're dead last all the time. Uh, the thing that's uh, best about the show is you. Uh, almost every week, probably every week, I hear from a listener something I don't know. Uh, I'm in. A, by the way, I'm in a studio here uh, with uh, other folks that are experts in different areas. To my right is Rick Kearney. Rick is a um, auto computer scientist. Okay, what's that? Well, if you're Past 60, you probably think of him as a mechanic. If you're in your 40s, you might think of him as a technician. Today, uh, he's working on rolling computers—computers on wheels—and we call them automobiles. Very, very complicated. Um, Almost impossible to diagnose problems yourself. Remember back in the day, pop the hood. There's a coil. There's a distributor. There's a carburetor, and you know you could look at it and identify most of the components of the engine. Can't do that anymore, Rick can identify them, but he uses a computer to di- diagnose the computer. Uh, if you have a problem with your car, you can call Rick Kearney, 877-960-9960, and he can answer your questions. Uh, you can also access us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Earl on Cars. Uh, what's our text number? I can never remember our text number. 772-497-6530.
2: Seven, seven, Let me hear that again. 772 Four nine seven six five three zero.
1: Thank you. We had a caller one time that said you should give the number out twice. Makes a lot of sense. You can't memorize this from one. So please contact Rick Kearney or any of us in here. You just heard uh, Nancy Stewart. Nancy Stewart is my co-host, uh, my wife, and she is a very very strong female advocate. She she is into the hashtag Me Too kind of a thing, where finally us men are openly admitting that we've been giving women a hard time for uh, not just our lives, but throughout entire history. Women have played uh, a secondary role in civilization for far too long. And we finally hit the 21st century, and people are really accelerating the recognizing the respect and recognition of women that we've never had before. So Nancy, is, she believes that very, very strongly, and she appeals strongly to our female audience. And we are building a, a wonderful following, following of uh, ladies out there. We're all, almost to a 50-50 balance, which is where we should have been from the get-go. Fifteen years ago, all we had were male callers. Nancy has a very special offer uh, for female callers. Tell us about that, please.
2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And ladies, you are very special to the show. And here we are building a platform for you. And you are an important part of the show. I can't emphasize it enough. Uh, When a woman shops at your dealership, uh, this is for all the car dealers that are listening, do you know what she's thinking you know what she wants she just wants a fair deal ladies this morning $50 for the first two new lady callers the first two new lady callers win yourself $50 give us a call say hi give us a call let us know how you were treated whenever you made your purchase and uh, just add an opinion to our show how we can improve it back to the recovering car dealer
1: well, we've got a caller. I think we, uh, D.D., I think. I recognize that name.
2: Uh, do you? Yeah, it sounds a little familiar. <laughs> good morning, Tina. Tina's a real important part Hi. of our show.
3: Hi. Hey, good how are y'all doing this morning? Great. How are well, you? Well, this is public service announcement time. It's, oh. I was reading something on the news. It was Orlando News, WESH, I do believe. They had a video about push-button cars. And push button start cars, you're going to find push buttons on over 90% of vehicles being sold. However, there's a real danger to this because the cars run very quietly. And if you park your car in the garage and it's running, you could poison yourself with carbon monoxide very easily. So to everybody out there that buys a push button start car, please also buy yourself a carbon monoxide monitor and put one in your garage and put one in the inside of your house.
1: Great suggestion, very, very true.
3: Great advice, Tina.
1: We had a close call ourselves, Nancy and I, one time, accidentally leaving a car running in the garage, and uh, it's a a real hazard, and a lot of uh, uh, people in Florida, they have the garages attached to the home, and I suppose everywhere in many states you have that, And uh, if you don't get that warning sound, and a lot of people that are hard of hearing don't hear the warning buzzer, a lot of the cars have the the, uh, beep that goes off, and some people just just can't hear it. So very, very good advice. Uh, Rick has a point.
4: Yeah, that's a major failing on every car manufacturer that, in my opinion, when that key leaves the car... It should set off a timer in the car that in five minutes it should shut the car down. Yes. Un- unless the car is in motion. But if the car is in park, five minutes later, shut the car off. There is no reason that that car should be left running for more than five minutes once that key remote has left the car. How about, you know, a, a, how about
0: a piercing alarm when you leave the car running instead of a little
4: beep? Yeah, it, <laughs>
0: Like a siren. <laughs> Your car is on!
4: That That quiet little beep. You you can't hear it from more than 15 feet away, yeah. and if there's the least bit of outside noise, a little bit of wind or traffic nearby, you'll never hear it.
1: Tina, what do you think yeah. about that? Is that a good solution?
3: Yeah, but how many, car, how many car manufacturers actually have a little alarm or an automatic shutoff? Just is bl- there something you can get from the aftermarket mm-hmm. that could shut the car off after five minutes, or is this not something that's been developed? That's, a good, that's a good Benner's question. We have a project for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. There's some money to be made out there on that particular gadget. And uh, you know that with uh, Earl's uh, Lexus, uh, the uh, car can be unlocked. We can walk away from it. This is in our garage. And... uh, Less than five minutes later, I can come back, and Earl's Lexus is locked. so I think that there's a room in the future for us to solve this problem because uh, once you turn your once you leave your car and you're in the garage, it is such a quiet i'm going this is dramatic a quiet uh, death, um, especially if you don't have the carbon <coughs> monoxide
3: uh installed in your garage.
1: What do you think, Tina?
3: Yeah, one one in the garage and one in the house just to be on the safe side. And yep. 36 people have already lost their lives because of this. Yes,
2: exactly. I was going to mention that. Was
1: that just in the past year, Tina?
3: Uh, I think the last couple of years. Yep. And if I, I do believe if you look on Orlando's WESH website, you'll see a story about a woman who lost her 85-year-old otherwise healthy mother because of this.
1: Yeah. Wow, it's terrible as terrible.
2: more and more cars are purchased uh the push button uh you're going to find more and more accidents because it's uh it's so quiet you just don't know the car's on or off tina what a great topic yeah thanks for keeping us informed oh thank you my pleasure hope to hear from you again next week yes ma'am have a great weekend
0: thanks tina okay thanks we're going to go
2: to our next caller and uh, that is Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. Hi. How you guys doing? Great. Are you a first-time caller? Yes, I am. Oh, lucky you. You just won yourself $50. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Stay on the line, and you I'm can give our control room uh, the information uh, that I need to send that check out to you.
5: Okay. I'm sure your information and my question, though, will be much more valuable <laughs> oh okay. I'm I guess I'm kind of in a frustrated spot right now. I had gone back to the dealership where I've bought over the years and had two less than positive experiences. Um I've read through most of Earl's book. Um I attended your seminar a couple of weeks ago and my frustration came from just I guess the best way I could describe it is not being taken seriously. Um, so I left, I left the dealership both times, like, okay, there's no point in even being here.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Based on the advice in Earl's book, I started doing nothing but Internet searches. And now what I'm finding is the information, and it's not just one dealer, it's many of them. You'll have pictures of the vehicle, and you'll have a description, except they don't match. Mm-hmm. And I'm told many of these are stock pictures. So how am I supposed to find the vehicle to begin with, when all the information is contradictory, to even get in touch with the Internet Department to start the process, as Earl outlines in the book, to try to get an out-the-door price from the Internet Department before I even go down and waste my time doing this. What is wrong with having accurate information on these websites? I mean, we're talking, you know, tens and tens of thousands of dollars for these vehicles. It's not. A, it's like somebody. It's, it's it's a big price for anyone to pay as you
1: can get accurate information. Good question. Uh, Stu has a comment on that. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm involved in you know do, you putting inventories up online so I can tell you that the process is completely automated so there's not a whole lot of human intervention in putting vehicles, uh, uh, the information, specific information in on the website. Most of it's okay. done with computer programs that decode a VIN. So your point about having actual pictures versus stock pictures is very important. Um, some dealers choose to just use the stock pictures which is comes in in a computer feed from some other company um... other dealers yeah. will choose to actually have pictures of the of the car and, the, and they'll put a lot of pictures, say like 20 pictures. And that's really important because that's really the only way you're going to get it see what, what features, what kind of alloy wheels might be on it, if there's leather, the color interior, all that stuff. If it's not...
5: Well, even yeah. I even found the pictures to contradict each other. One picture showed a very light interior, which is what I'm after, right. and then several pictures later trying to show the dash but actually photographed the front seats. They were very dark and didn't even look like leather.
0: Were these the So the, the, actually, I asked
5: them my request was send me the window sticker. Right. You know, I figured I can at least decode everything from the window sticker. Yeah, that sure. was three days ago and I still can't get a picture of the window
0: <laughs> Were those pictures with the mismatched <laughs> colors, was that um, were those stock pictures or were those actual pictures of, of the car?
5: They claimed it was actual pictures of the vehicle, I but I don't see how you can have light back seats and no. very dark front seats.
0: No, <laughs> somebody messed up. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah. I got. I got that part. But then the idea is, I you know, I made the request of because again, the other thing they don't outline in the particular vehicle I'm looking for. There's, I'm sure it's in many. There's three or four different packages. They say LT, but there's all these different LT packages which aren't obvious in the write-up, either. Yeah. If they would just call them that, you know, I would be light years ahead on stuff. Yeah. So it's it's been quite frustrating. Um, I think it I did the I best thing. I don't have thing. time I'm... to run around and spend, yeah. as you guys know, how long it takes. I want to pick the vehicle that I'm interested in, find it that's actually an option, as Earl had said, negotiate the price, over, you know, out-the-door price, online, and then I'll go down and test drive, and we'll see if it's a deal or not.
0: Yeah, I think what you, I mean, what you tried to do, at least get them to send you a picture of the window sticker, is a, is a great idea. I mean, if uh, an Intune or a, uh, a modern salesperson, they have an iPhone or an Android phone, they can take take a picture of anything you want yeah. to see. If they don't send it to you, I, I'd suggest moving on to the next dealer. Jackie, well, that's
5: what I've been trying to do. But apparently what I'm after is not a normal vehicle. But for one thing, for example, and it's been explained to me why, it's like 99% of the interiors of vehicles down here are black.
1: Yeah. We're Jackie you're, you're you're, you're going to have <laughs> frustration with the color and the match of the trim but the most important thing is I think when you're shopping is the price uh, you you can state your preference in color uh, and you can even put it in your communication, online communication with the Internet department. But you you can put the specific accessories and options that you want and the model yes. and all that in writing in an email. So when you get a price responding to that, you've got them locked in. You said you wanted to have the sunroof or you wanted to have this particular sound system. And you can also state the color. The color is always an issue. Uh in the final analysis, because sometimes that particular color isn't available. They have to deal or trade, maybe even special order the car. But at least they're not going to trick you on the price. You, if you, if, want, if you want a particular car, and you did it exactly right with the MSRP, if you've got the copy of the Monroney label and that's what you want to buy and the discount comes off that MSRP, you have them locked in. But trim color, interior, not exterior color, can be a challenge for the dealers in terms of what's available.
5: Yeah, that's what I'm finding, and uh, I, I'm as far, as far as I'm concerned. If I'm going to spend this kind of money, I want what I want. Exactly, you know? And And stick I'm to not your guns. Be pushed into something else. Yeah, that's I mean, that's where they that's get you. Is black when leather interior it, in yeah. South Florida to me is is unbearable.
1: Well, I've got black leather interior in mine. I hate it because I can't see anything in the car. It's like I'm in a I'm in a, a black hole, and I I, I wish. Yeah, I black had. on
5: black. Yeah, yeah. it's kind exactly of like finding black. a black cat in the dark at night. Yeah, yeah. you know. The, That sort of thing. So I guess I should just keep pushing further. I've even gone through the you know the classic car searches, and some of them you can actually put in the exterior color, the interior color, you know, some but about the packages. But trust me, when you when those searches come up, even within a ninety some radius, the finding a light interior is next to impossible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's too bad. But you can special order if you don't mind waiting, and. uh, that might be your only option if you are going to be a real stickler for exactly the combination you want.
5: Yeah, I'm just kind of picky about that one. I'm spending a lot of money. I'm I don't <laughs> blame you.
1: I don't blame you. You should be. Absolutely. I, I think sure. the only the only, but, r- the only only risk you have with special orders is if there are manufacturer's incentives that may expire. They can't guarantee it. Right, beforehand. Uh, exactly.
5: Yeah. Well, I think I would also get a, um, a price in writing, an out-the-door in writing price before I would special order because i'm sure i'm going to have to put money down on top of it for a special order so
4: yeah, rick has a comment uh, i do
5: believe in everything in writing because a lot of people get amnesia
4: exactly. that's
2: right that's exactly right
4: jackie i i'm an amateur photographer and i can say one thing about photos i can take a picture of a wall that is painted and then change a couple settings on my camera or step a couple feet to the side and change an angle and I can show you two pictures of the exact same wall, and you would swear they were two different colors. Yeah. So oh, it, yeah, it, can, it's yeah. something where you, you really have got to actually see it in person and see it yeah. in the daylight and at night and various times in order to understand what those colors might be inside a car. Because it a photo can be changed so many ways, and not intentionally. It just happens to be the angle and the lighting. Okay, Jackie, That's a hey,
5: possibility. Well, that's why I was going for the window sticker. I figured, you know, that would at least hey, Jackie, you'll tell me some accurate information.
2: want... I want to thank you for helping us build a platform here for the uh, female listener and uh, all of you are extremely important and this uh, $50 is our way of thanking you and I hope you spread the word. Earl mentioned earlier about how important the price is on your vehicle Uh, well there are other things that are really important. You can't remember everything but let me tell you that you can go to Earl on Cars and you can download a form uh, that will guarantee you a price out the door and uh, the next time you purchase a vehicle insist that the price quoted to you by the salesman be certified by the signature of a manager of that dealership and uh, that is for him to sign no dealer fees and you can download that form go to earl on cars it definitely is worth your while
5: Thank well, you. it's a good memory sheet too. So you know, you need to go in with notes, just like you know anything else, because you're not going to remember everything, just like you say.
2: Yeah, there's nothing more um, intimidating than to walk into a dealership with a, uh, port w- with a, a a bunch of papers, and it's extremely intimidating to them to see that you have prepared yourself. Thank you so much for calling. Good point. Okay, great. Do I hang on for someone, or you would do? I, um... You do. Uh, Sam will take okay. your, she's in the control room, and uh, she'll take your information. I'll get that 50 oh. out to you.
5: Okay, well, thank you so much. And I will spread the word, and thank you guys so much for doing this, because I know there's a bunch of us out there that need your help.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Keep on listening. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And uh, Earl can give the text number out later.
1: It's 772-497-6530. Text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three. We have some text or posts, and Stu can go to those now.
0: Uh, <coughs> we do. Um, let's see. Uh, we have one. This is uh, really interesting. I was Googling it while uh, during the last caller. It says, a dealer in, Wich- in Wichita, Kansas, was ordered to, to pay a $20,000 fine and compensate two customers for not disclosing a dangerous safety recall. Couldn't this be a precedent to get your mission back off the ground? That's from Diane.
1: Awesome. Well, so it's interesting. I, being a fine, it sounds like something came from the Attorney General and maybe even the Department of Motor Vehicles. And so I don't think it would be a case law, but it, and it wouldn't be a precedent, but it would be something that would be close. And we need to investigate that, follow up, because mm-hmm. that's very important.
0: Yeah, I looked it up here. So it's a, it's a dealership called 37 Auto Sales. It's in Wichita, Kansas, and it says it was the... Uh, it came after a district attorney's office investigation. Mm-hmm. And there was another, uh, um, they, uh, the, their salespeople weren't licensed, so I guess in Kansas you have to have a license to sell mm-hmm. cars. Uh, but it also included uh, failing to disclose a safety recall. So, yeah, we'll look into it more.
1: Well, let me uh, expound on that because we have a lot of new folks that tune in. One of our mantras on this show, we've been talking about this for two or three years, is the terrible condition of no law making it illegal to sell a car with a dangerous recall. When I say it, the the, roads, the words stick in my throat. I just can't, I can't believe it's true, but it is true. In the United States of America, in Florida, any car dealer can sell you a car with an unfixed, dangerous safety recall, a recall that could cause death and injury to you and your family and your car. It's perfectly legal for a car dealer, and as we speak... During this two-hour show, there will be hundreds of cars sold to unsuspecting buyers with dangerous safety recalls. And the Attorney General of Florida, uh, the governor of the state of Florida, uh, let's go all the way to the top, the President of the United States, uh, the Congress, the legislature, the Senate, all you uh, lawmakers out there that are listening, governors, uh, uh, law enforcers, uh, attorneys, sue somebody. Uh, this Kansas City Wichita was it Wichita 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 Kansas. This is a very interesting case. We'll follow up on this, but it is an outrage what's going on. Rick, you have a point. In
4: the two hours that we'll be on
1: the air, there will probably be a bunch of people in accidents
0: in cars with faulty airbags.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, we. That's got the horrible part. Yeah.
0: We do. We have. Uh, we had a few uh, on uh, youranonymousfeedback.com, our incognito anonymous feedback site. I uh, came in last night. You might have seen them before. One's really long. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I did read it, and I can summarize it. Uh, so a listener who uh, listens to our advice all the time wanted to buy a new car. So instead of getting four uh, quotes to compare um, online by emailing dealerships, uh, uh, this uh, caller uh, chose contacted 15 dealerships um, <laughs> by telephone to get quotes that's great right uh did 15 uh but basically uh four of them wouldn't even give them a quote at all, all right. mm-hmm. uh it came down to 11 so they um, in a nutshell so now that i got got the lowest quote um how do i proceed well bef- without waiting for your advice to proceed uh this uh, texter uh proceeded anyway and narrowed it down to four really really beat them up did a great job And uh, (laughs) finally came down, got the four lowest prices, uh, and then took the the, the absolute lowest one and basically said that he had lower prices elsewhere. Kept working the deal and got a price that was $1,387.50 lower than his previous lowest out-the-door price. It was on on a Hyundai Elantra. So this... This this guy did a great job and He's really my hero. worked it. And he, by the way, never spent uh, one minute of time in the dealership. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't spend a, uh, a penny on gas driving around. He did it all by the phone and got the best deal you can imagine. So and that
1: that can be done. It takes a special mm-hmm. kind of person yes. with a special kind of stamina and determination. Mm-hmm. You got to be smart. You got to be tough. And you can do that. I mean, think about it. You could get a quote from every car dealer in the United States. I mean, that's ridiculous exaggeration to make my point. He went to 15 different car dealerships, got 15 quotes. Poor people wouldn't quote. but He got 11, and then he narrowed down from there. But you say that takes a lot of time. Let me tell you, shoe leather and gas on your car and you're driving around takes a lot of time. You go into a car dealership to get some prices, that takes a whole lot of time. Mystery shopping reports show us this. Car dealers will try to wear you down. If you physically try to go into car dealerships to get prices, you're going to spend ten times as much time as you're online. This guy did a great job, and my kudos to whoever you are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was an anonymous. No, no, anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Not
2: only is he driven, but he's focused. Exactly. And so, he never left his home not or at his at office.
0: All. Um, I like his uh, his uh, this quote at the end. He says, "All it took was making some calls, and the dealer had already come down price." Don't run with the first quote. Don't let up. Be hard. Be tough. Be real. Be patient. Be truthful. The odds of a better price in your favor. And he really liked your analogy of liking it to a raffle. Um, you're the prize, and the dealers are all competing to win you.
1: So um, it's a numbers game. Yeah. And, uh, they so. want your business. There, there's no more competitive group of animals out there, and I use the word animals on purpose, uh, than car dealers. They are extremely, extremely competitive. And that's their strength is their competition. You turn their strength against them. And that is a way to win. And
0: Very good. Bravo.
1: Yes, absolutely. We have a caller, I believe. Uh,
2: they are uh, they are not your friends, ladies and gentlemen. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And we have a caller, and it's Liz from
7: Stewart. Good
0: Hi, morning,
7: Nancy. Hi, hey, Liz. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Earl. This is Liz from Stewart. Hi. Are you a first-time <laughs> caller? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I listen to you all the time. And my husband does too. So uh, we love all the information that you give out. So uh, I do have a question, though. Thank you. Uh, we bought a Forerunner just just recently, three months ago, from your dealership, which is wonderful. It was a wonderful experience, probably the best experience we've had at buying a car. Thank uh, you. And so, but the reason I'm calling is regarding the tires. I am experiencing something unusual, and. Uh, we've had multiple kinds of vehicles uh, over the years, and I know when the weather changes, whether it's uh, the coolness or the, humi- um, the humidity or whatever is causing it. But when you uh, the, the tire light comes on, and I know that with the Forerunner, the tire pressure needs to be at 32, and you know they have these new type of machines where you fill up your tires, and it tells you, you know, or you can set it what you want and all, but um, I can actually see that um, the only, about five times in three in three months, five times, maybe even a little more, but I'd, I'd take my daughters to school, and then my tire light would come on, and so I would go and fill up the tires and check them and make sure that there's no screws or, or nails or anything like that. Um, but the right side front and back always seem to be like two or three or four down in numbers, maybe you know down to thirty one thirty two or thirty but the back left seems to go down like to twenty six that's kind of low mm-hmm. and the the driver's side's always been pretty good, but out of these five times it ha it, you know it ha- that's pretty frequent isn't it or or Am I not thinking right? Is that
4: normal?
1: Uh, I think Rick can give you a brief answer to that question. Yeah, if you've got one tire
4: that's going lower than the others more frequently, it's probably got a tiny, tiny little pinhole somewhere. Uh, it, it's amazing how small of a leak you can have the, and how long it will take for a tire to lose 6, 8, or 10 pounds of air. Uh, the, really, the only solution for that is... Have the mechanic take the tire off the car, and put it in a uh, basically it's a dunk tank of water, bath. and we look for bubbles. Yeah, or we we literally will spray the entire tire with soapy water to find those bubbles. It can take a while, and it's it's kind of a a tough thing for the tech sometimes to find these because some of those holes are very very tiny, and they'll only leak as the tire reaches certain temperatures.
7: Oh. So it is, a, it is a, a normal thing that you've seen before. It's not abnormal or it's or anything like that.
4: Well,
1: your car... I've you're, never you're, had
7: that happen before with other vehicles.
1: Well, how long have you had the uh, vehicle, Liz? Three months. Okay. Well, your tires are under warranty, and uh, if there's something from the manufacturer of the tire causing the problem, then it should, your tire would be replaced uh, at no charge under warranty. Do you happen to recall the make of tire you have?
7: Oh...
6: Gee. Probably
1: not. Most people don't. Um,
7: it. Ellen, no, I don't. But my husband's just right here. I went in the other room so that the radio wouldn't echo.
1: It's uh, well. I I would uh, ask. what
7: Bridgestone. Okay, Bridgestone.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check with your Bridgestone dealer. And uh, normally, when you we would be happy to do it for you. Uh, we could call the Bridgestone dealer, and if you just uh, uh, you could send me a text or an email and we'll have uh, the Bridgestone dealer um, get in touch with you, and that way we can uh, verify the fact that uh, they would cover it under warranty if you had a defect in your tire causing the tire to leak. If it's not a defect in the tire, of course, if it's a a screw or a nail or something you just couldn't see, then that would have to be coming if you don't have road hazard insurance or something like that. But uh, uh, let us check on your behalf. Uh, uh, Give Nancy a... A call or a text after the show, and we'll have uh, the Bridgestone dealer uh, check on that for you.
7: Uh, that was that's really kind of you. Thank you very okay. much. You're yes. very but, welcome. So, in other words, when it goes down to like thirty-one or 30, or even 29, it's okay, but when you're talking down to 26, then there might be a bigger issue there. Yeah, there's, no, there's no
1: danger there as long as it doesn't go real low. And I would, if, if I were you, I would put an extra five pounds on the tire, uh, and I, I always recommend, and Rick recommends too, that you, you put in uh, what the tire manufacturer recommends on the car, not what the uh, Toyota recommends on the yep. car. Look at the... Uh, tire pressure stamped on your Bridgestone tire and inflate it to that amount and that way it'll take a while longer for it to go down and cause that light to come on.
7: Uh, you know, there's only 1,600 miles on the car though. Would that make a difference? It doesn't really matter. If there's something going on with yeah. the tire, it's yeah. something going on. Yeah,
1: I'd, I'd, the, I'd, I'd want the tire checked if I were you because it, if it was doing on all the tires, I'd wonder but because it's only on one side uh, we might want to take a look at it. Yeah, that's got a leak there somewhere.
2: Yeah. Liz, uh, and there's nothing wrong with you, uh, you know, being worried about this situation because your tire pressure is very, very important. And you've had this uh, vehicle for three months. It deserves some attention.
7: So get it taken care of. All right. Well, thank you. I know that I've heard you talk about uh, tire pressure and how important it is to get good gas mileage and all that kind of stuff. So when this was happening, I'm like, hmm. This is different. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I'm glad, glad you
2: Thank you so much. Uh I, I, I you you just share some information that we've shared through the weeks and months and you just proved you are listening to Earl Stewart on Cars
7: and we thank you. Thank you for everything. Yeah. I appreciate it. Give us All a call. Right. Let us know what happened.
2: Sounds like my dogs visited Liz this morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <somebody laughs> oh, is that my house? <laughs> yes,
0: we have <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like Thank my you. house. <laughs> uh, somebody was <laughs>
2: loose. <laughs> uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us. Rick's oh, got
1: some YouTubes there. 7
2: yep. 772-497-6530.
4: Mr. Hand is asking us, uh, Mr. Hand. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> he says he's looking to buy a used Toyota Matrix for his daughter who accidentally had her Mazda get wrecked in an accident, and he's asking any words of wisdom Consumer for reports. buying
1: a used Matrix. Well, the um, <laughs> standard operating procedure for a used car is always get a Carfax report, always have the car checked out by an independent mechanic. Uh... You want to check Consumer Reports. They have an annual issue that gives the best and the worst used cars. Uh, Check where the matrix stands on that list. Uh, I don't always recommend that you try to buy the best used car, because sometimes the price could be a killer. But you don't want to buy the worst. And uh, those are the three most important things. Carfax, uh, Consumer Reports, And uh, be sure it does not have an outstanding recall. I
0: will will save you uh, a little legwork. Uh, Consumer Reports recommends used matrices, maybe, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013. There you go. And I just stopped there, and it looks like there's more. So, ConsumerReports.org.
1: Independent mechanic is going to cost you some money because you can't take it to the dealer who's selling you the car to check it out because he's going to tell you it's perfect. So, you need an independent mechanic. Uh, a, a general check on a car like that shouldn't cost you any more than 150 bucks, right? Yeah. And they could go over the car pretty carefully. So. Yep. You got a seal of approval from independent mechanic. You got a Carfax report. No safety recalls. Hasn't been any collision. A Matrix is recommended by Consumer Report. Mm-hmm. That's a good buy. Yep. And the fact that it's got a Toyota Corolla driveline,
4: that's one of the most reliable engine combinations out there. So
1: you really can't go wrong with that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the man in the control room just hold a, held up a blank sheet of paper, but Bob. I bet the name was on the other side. Right. Bob. Bob. It's Bob. Okay, Bob. Can we use a dark marker on the paper from the. Okay, Bob, Bob,
8: welcome to the show, and how can we help you? Well, thank you. Good morning. Uh, Rick Carney, that's a question for you, if he's available. Oh, okay. sure. Okay. Listen, Rick, I recently had my Honda serviced. Well, it was a rec- recall to repair the repair, you know, the. Airbags. Okay, everything was fine. They treated me very well. I have no complaints. But after I left the uh, the dealership where I had it done, the uh, the lights came on, and I said, "Geez, you know what? it, you sees the dealer immediately, you know all the, you know." And then all of a sudden, the whole Christmas tree came on. Hmm. So I said, oh boy, let me go back there and tell them. So I tu- but I pulled over and I turned off the car. Mm-hmm. And I turned it on again and everything was fine ever since then. So I don't know what was hmm. causing that.
4: I, I would still stop back in at the dealership. And ask them to put a scan tool on there and see what codes came up. Because anytime that check engine light comes on, the no, computer stores the codes. Light, but
8: just the airbag light came on.
4: The airbag light came... Oh, I definitely would be back at the dealership because the airbag light has its own computer with its own codes. And I would definitely be back there having them check to find out what's going on with that.
8: Well, it... After I turned it off and turned it, turned the car on again, everything was fine. Mm. Like it self-adjusted itself, I don't
1: know. Well, I, I, it could be nothing. It could just be a, a little shorter glitch or something like that. But when you're talking about your airbag, it's serious enough where I know it takes a lot. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You sh- yeah, you should have them check it out. And I wouldn't. Give up until it stopped coming back on again. I wouldn't drive a car where I was wondering if my airbag worked. So uh, if the dealer that you take no, no,
8: no, not the airbag doesn't. I mean the light doesn't come on. So I don't know.
4: Yeah, I I, because that's a safety item, and you were just there. They, they obviously they won't charge you, but you, you definitely. I would go back in and just ask them nicely. Please put a scan tool on this and let's make sure that there's not something going on. Just for safety's sake, because anything to do with the airbag system can be extremely dangerous. So I would be very, very sure to go back and have them check that.
8: All right. Okay. I do do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Bob.
2: Thank you, Bob. Bob. Bye-bye. Stay in touch. Let us know how that... uh, You know,
1: airbags aren't just dangerous because they don't go off. They can be dangerous because they do go off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh,
2: uh, Bob, give us a call back and let us know uh, the uh, outcome. 877-960-9960 877-960-9960 and don't forget your dot go there and you remain totally anonymous give us your feedback about the show about your experience with uh, car buying anything at all we're right here to read it we're going to go to john from palm city and he is one of our regular callers filled with so much information right john
9: Good morning to everyone. Morning, John. I want to mention the uh, license, transfer fee, and registration. Uh, when, when the car is delivered brand new, the dealer doesn't know exactly what the price will be, so they estimate it on your final bill. And that's fine because um, some of them will actually, not good, they'll way overestimate it, and then you won't see any refund back when they get the actual amount. But the reason I'm mentioning that is, it's exactly 10 years ago when Florida came out with Sakatuya, and they raised all the fees in Florida. It says 2009. The ID cards were only $10. They raised them to $25. 1st time registration went from $100 to $225. Title fees went from $24 to $70. For a new plate issued, that's another fee, $12 to 28 But they did raise it. The plates in the past were only six years, and now the plate is supposed to last for 10 years. Uh, driver's license fee went from 27 to $48, and the renewal for the driver's license went from 20 to 48 Now, my point again is, on your final papers on a brand new car, <clears throat> some of the dealers will way over-inflate that registration, title, and transfer fee. And a real good dealer, at the end, when he does get the plates and transfer to you, he will give the uh, separate check later on and send it to you for the difference that was uh, estimated on your bill. Uh, second thing I want to mention also, um, I don't recommend anybody, and I'm giving two incidences why, for a friend of mine in Boker and another friend in Fort Lauderdale. They encourage you to get two-year renewals. You don't get any discount on it. What happens now, I see, and this is two people that I know specifically, they stole their complete license plates. One of it down in Fort Lauderdale, believe it or not, they got back to them. They found that tag because the tag, the two-year renewal tag, uh, has also your ID, your plate number on it. So I don't encourage anybody to get the two-year renewal because it's more of a red flag for somebody to take that and steal that tag off. And there were all methods that they could get that sticker right off. And in one case, I heard of they took a, a metal shear and actually cut that part off and transposed it onto another plate that was expired. Hmm. So I just want to mention those items.
1: Good information, John. Uh, you know, the uh, big increase in registration and license tag charges is bad, but uh, even worse than that is the fact that the car dealers are adding phony tag fees on top of the tag fees that the state actually charges, and they call these things tag agency fees, e-filing fees, electronic filing fees, all this sounds like official department motor vehicle tax and tag kind of stuff, but it's profit to the dealer is actually a dealer fee so when you are when you look at those tag charges in addition to worrying about the fact that the dealer as you say can overestimate the amount he also also premeditatedly adds something called a tag agency fee which is profit to him has nothing to do with the tag agency he also has electronic filing fees which is profit to him, and e-filing fees. Uh, So be very, very careful in addition to what you say. Now, as far as estimating the amount, the dealers actually have the wherewithal, computer-wise now, to know exactly what the tag and registration should be. Mm -hmm. And if they use it, which is a very fast process, and they use almost all dealers do use this, there really is no excuse for estimating it. But some dealers still do. That's right.
9: Yes, buyer beware.
0: Now, John, you gave me pause because I've recently done two-year registrations because I'm lazy and I always forget to do the renewal, and now i got something else to worry about. Thank you very much. <laughs> like, have a good day. <laughs> Thanks, John.
2: Thanks, Sean. Stay in touch. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember that we do have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up. And you can be part of the rating of that Mystery Shopping Report by texting us at 772 497 6530.
1: For you newbies out there that haven't heard the show, the Mystery Shopping Report is actually the uh, most exciting part of the show, most informative in a lot of ways. And we send an undercover agent out every week to a different dealer in South Florida, and we pretend to buy or lease a car. And we tell you exactly what happens. We name the name of the salesman, the manager, the car dealership. If they break the law, if they flaunt the law, unfair and deceptive advertising, and sometimes they do everything right. We've actually had some A-pluses scores on the dealer shopping right. reports. We had some Fs, too. We have a recommended list, dealers you can safely buy from, and we have a do not buy from this dealer list. So, mystery shopping report coming up. You ain't never heard anything like well, it. Well, currently,
0: there is twice as many dealers on the recommended list yes. than there are on the do not recommend list. So... My plan this uh, this year is to go back over the recommended list and uh, circle back yeah. and see like if anybody comes off the list. There you go. Mm. A lot of suspense. on top Yeah, drama and suspense. we got those texts that backing up on th- us. Th- ladies yeah. and
2: gentlemen, we're going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly when we go to the Arrigo Dodge Chrysler Jeep Mystery Shopping yeah. Report. So stay tuned for did that. You get th- did you and get the whole name in there? Don't forget, you can vote. 772-497-6530.
0: Okay, uh, we have a uh, anonymous feedback uh, comment. I guess says uh, even without dealer fees, Earl Stewart is making a killing from his car business. Just look at that remodeling, fancy schmancy all around. Thank you very much.
1: Well, you know, fancy uh, sh- I, sh- hope, sh- I hope some car dealers are listening because you know. Uh, being honest and transparent is profitable if you sell a lot of cars because people trust you. Uh, you can make money. And yes, mm-hmm. uh, my dealership does make uh, a fair profit, and we are able to afford to spend on an expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the car dealers out there who think you have to light, sheet, and steal to make a profit, you're wrong. You treat your customers with courtesy, respect, transparency, and they will be the path to your door. Exactly. And you'll actually make a profit.
0: Exactly. All right. Follow us. We'll, we'll lead the way. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, uh, this is – oh, somebody commented on our show from last week. This is also on anonymous feedback, com. Ha, ha, ha. Steve Richards. Someone mentioned Steve Richards on last week's show and a video of his showed up in my YouTube recommendations. I watched the video and several others. His words are correct and he never lies, but it is the relentlessness of his assault that will likely wear down a prospect and the sale is won. His approach is old school. I think his information about saving money is correct. Uh, just to inform everybody, last week a caller mentioned there is a sales trainer, a car sales trainer named Steve Richards. He's got a big following, and the uh, – I'll say the videos are pretty entertaining to watch. It's all about combat, the salesperson sure. versus the customer. Wait, was that
2: Tina? Tina mentioned that
6: I'm house? not
0: sure. I can't Unless remember, we but we were it, it could very well could have been Tina. Yeah. yeah. Um she always got, has got Yeah, good for, yeah for
1: you folks out there don't don't understand the retail auto industry is really uh sophisticated in a lot of ways and there are trainers that make hundreds of thousands, probably millions of dollars training. Uh uh, State-of-the-art, online training, uh, a lot of in-person training. And some of these people are not only super entertaining, very smart, and, and psychological experts on selling anything, really. And they can take a sales force, and if they listen carefully, they can train them to overcome objections and to take a normal person, turn them into a, a, a sales demon right. who can sell people cars that don't even want to buy a car. I mean, when you walk into a car dealership, you're dealing with a group of experts. You're the amateur in the card game. The old joke, when you're in the poker game and you look around the table and you don't know who the sucker is, you're the sucker. And that's what happens when you walk into a car dealership.
0: I like that.
2: it's like uh navy seal training exactly right it's scary i mean i went through it i didn't get any better than that
0: it takes a certain breed
2: yes a very certain breed we're gonna go to gloria uh, she is uh holding good morning gloria good morning are you a first-time caller
10: i'm a first-time caller you are welcome. i'm up in hope sound
2: oh great congratulations if you just won yourself fifty dollars. Stay on the line when we're finished talking, and uh, give the guys in the control room—pardon me, Samantha—give uh, Samantha the uh, information, and I'll get that check out to you.
10: Thank you so much.
2: What can we do for you this morning?
10: What can I do? What can you do for me? Do you have yes. any
1: questions for us, Gloria? The
10: question is what. What's that clicking sound? I was driving my friend's car, and it's in her left wheel, and it's clicking. Is that like...
0: Your blinker? It's not like
10: her brakes, (laughs) is it? Sorry. (laughs) Obviously, she needs to do something about it. It's a clicking sound.
1: Rick, what's the answer? My first
4: instinct is the hubcap. Hmm. That's the first thing I would look at, because a, a lot of the plastic hubcaps, if they're not installed exactly correct, when you're driving and the tire is flexing a little bit, it'll actually hit that hubcap and create a clicking noise. Uh, the other thing the question is, is
1: Does the car have
4: hubcaps? Now, that's a very good question. Sorry, does call. the car have hubcaps? Yeah. I think
1: we discussed I didn't that yesterday. Look to
10: see. It's an older car. It's like a 2002 that she acquired with 20,000 miles. It was her mother's car.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the other thing, does she hear the clicking all the time or is it only like in a very sharp turn?
10: I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't drive it that long, but I think it's all the time because I put the window down. I'm like, what is this?
4: Yeah, just a a light little ticker tap. I I would look first at the hubcap, and if that's not the case, then you'd want to have a mechanic evaluate that to make sure that maybe a bearing or something isn't starting to come a little bit loose there.
1: And tell your friend to get a free diagnosis. Uh, You don't want to go in and just say, uh, check out my hubcap, and then you get a bill uh, that you didn't anticipate. If there is going to be a diagnostic charge, be sure they tell you up front. Uh, I would think for something that simple, there should be no diagnostic charge, but you have to find out when you take it to the dealer.
10: Okay, thank you so much for your time.
1: Well, thank you, Gloria.
10: You're welcome,
2: Gloria. Spread the word and give us a call again. Tell your lady friends that we're right here and, we would, and that we would love to hear from the ladies. We're building a platform. Thank you.
10: I like it. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to... Got some more text. Who I got is, text. Who are we going back
1: You to? ready?
0: Here we go. Here we go. Car dealers have been ripping people off for 100 years at least, but it's rare when you actually see one literally stealing cash from their customer. A dealer in Tampa literally stole $4,000 from a customer. Here's a link to the story. I linked over. It is in Tampa. It's a small used car lot. A uh, customer wanted to buy a 2011 Chevy Traverse, gave the dealer $4,000 deposit, came back to get the car. The car had been sold, but the guy wouldn't give the dealer wouldn't <laughs> give him back the $4,000. Tried to switch him to another car, who refused. He called the Florida Highway Patrol, uh, who came in, and they began a uh, investigation. I believe they arrested the dealer. So. That's correct. By the mm-hmm. way, very interesting.
1: <laughs> be very careful when you put a deposit <laughs> on a car, uh, especially a cash deposit. Always get a receipt on the official receipt of the car dealership. And while you're getting that, be sure that the re- refund is it's refundable, that yeah. your deposit is refundable. But uh, unsavory, uh, crooked salespeople will pocket a cash deposit. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Deposit And he said, uh, she said yeah they 'll give you maybe a a phony receipt or something like that, so get a company receipt, be sure the deposit is refundable and it 's signed
0: um, next one uh, Earl, I see your service vans all over town. very nice photo of you by the way thank you. Um, I know what dealer fees are, but your van um, also says no shop fees i don't i don 't know what that means. Can you elaborate
1: I sure can that 's something that we don 't pay uh, we don't talk about it enough. A shop fee is the dealer fee in the service department. Uh, it's a charge that has no warrant. It's profit to the car dealership that's added at the bottom of the service invoice. And it varies, just like dealer fees in the sale in the showroom. It varies in service departments all over. Virtually every car dealer charges one of these fees. They call them uh, hazardous waste disposal fees. They call them miscellaneous supplies Uh Uh, special small tools and nuts and bolts. I mean, you let your imagination run wild and they charge it. It's typically a percent of the invoice, uh, 10%. If you have a $100 bill, $100 invoice, they'll charge you a $10 sundry fee or miscellaneous supplies fee. It's phony. My advice to you when it happens, and it will happen, anywhere you take your car, independent repair or a dealership. If you look down at the bottom, there'll be this nebulous little "what is this" kind of a thing. Yeah, and,
0: and they behave like dealer fees too, because you, you, you probably see a lot of ads and coupons out for service departments. They might offer a, a fifteen dollar, a ten dollar oil change. Yes. Uh, but the shop fees comes on yeah. after you pay when yeah. you pay, so it's it's not really fifteen bucks.
1: If you object to the cashier when you're paying oftentimes they'll take it off because the dealer knows it's wrong and the cashier has probably been told if if someone's gonna make a fuss just take it off so if you fuss about it but you gotta know about it before you fuss about it so look at the bottom you'll see something right at the bottom that's a Miscellaneous mm. supply fee. Yeah.
2: yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can eliminate that problem. There's not too many problems you can eliminate, but you can eliminate shop fee, dock fee, uh, all these fees that they try to get you on by downloading that. Uh, uh, Stu, you're good at uh, putting that ac- on the air. It's, and the
0: Na- it's the Nancy Out the Door affidavit, and you can find it on earloncars.com Earl- right now.
2: Earloncars.com. Yeah. Thank you, Stu. We're going to go to uh, Britt and. Uh, Wow, Los Angeles. Wow, Good. it's early out there. Woo. Good morning. Crack of dawn. <laughs>
0: Good, morning.
11: Good
2: morning. It is thank early you. out there. Thank you. You Good are morning. a true thank follower. thank you for
11: taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I, I, you guys helped me buy a car in 2017. There was a question I really wanted to know the answer to, so that's why I'm getting up early to ask. Um, now, when I was comparing prices of true car and car gurus in 2017 for my Toyota Corolla, I was wanting to know: is it fair to compare those prices state to state? Like, should I should I um, expect the car price to be the same in California as it would be in Dallas, Texas? Because I noticed that cars were selling for cheaper in Dallas versus Los Angeles
1: uh they, there can be a legitimate reason for the variance uh, you mentioned Dallas. Uh, Dallas, for example, for Toyota, and I can't speak for all the other makes, but there are distributorships that that, that's, that deal directly with the dealers as opposed to the manufacturer. Toyota has a distributorship in the Southeast United States, and that distributorship, Southeast Toyota distributors, is uh, for the five Southeastern states. Gulf states would include Texas. You'd find a difference in the price of Toyotas in the Gulf states, and you would also find a difference in the uh, southeastern states. It's a higher price. Toyota manufacturing is uh, direct from the dealer from Tokyo, from, from Toyota in Japan, and may have lower prices than the Toyotas that go through the distributorships. Now Honda and I believe some of the other imported cars also have distributors. For domestically manufactured or domestic uh, corporations like Chrysler, Ford, General Motors, their prices should be uniform all over the country. Uh, there are some differences, I believe, in emission cost in California, which would make your prices a little bit higher than emissions in other states. Uh, I am not exactly sure how that would be. So you might find a lower price in a non California emission requirement state. Uh, a lot of the states now are copying the California emission control. So it is complicated. In general, as a rule of thumb, I would say if you can shop in another state because you happen to be close like you're on the boundary i would do that if i were you're close to nevada i would check nevada prices if i were near the borderline with california prices and that's a great way to get a low price i mean go across state lines but sometimes there is a legitimate reason
11: right oh very interesting thank you for answering my question
1: you're very welcome. True Car, by the way, that's the home of True Car, Santa Monica, California. And uh, uh, that's a great place. The car dealers out there in and, and California fought True Car tooth and nail. They were instrumental in almost driving True Car out of business, as a matter of fact. And the State Dealers Association in California sued True Car and did everything they could to bankrupt True Car. And they almost did. And uh, they got very disrupted. They had to change uh, CEOs. And they survived. And they're alive and well. And True Cars still a good place to get a good price on a car.
2: Uh, Brett, we can't thank you enough for joining us from L.A.
11: Oh, you're welcome. We it's been a long time. i wanted to talk to you guys. Please yeah. call again. We, we, we hear love hearing from, hear from
1: people out of our area. It makes us realize that our our Facebook and our Twitter and our Periscope and the rest of it is reaching out to the world.
2: Well, we're hearing from the East Coast, the West Coast. And, uh, Dave, let me give you a shout-out out uh, in Massachusetts. Thank you for listening. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to Gail, who's holding on line two. Good morning, Gail. How are you?
1: I don't know if we have Gail. Gail, can you hear us okay? Okay. Well, I was hoping you'd get through because I think we're setting a new record on female callers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am really excited. This might be the first show where we actually have more female callers than male. And thanks to Nancy Stewart sitting right well, there.
2: Well, thank you for the compliment, yeah. but I, I have to disagree with you. This isn't the first time. Don't ever
1: I've disagree with me
2: we've on had.
0: the air live. <laughs> See what she's got to deal with? Yeah. Hey, hey, guess Nancy, what? You too. know I'll disagree with you <laughs> if
2: we're on. Stage at the Kravis Center. Gail, call back. Okay, Gail. I think you're uh, right there. I think you're holding.
1: <laughs> Are you there, Gail? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think we lost. You. Anyway. My husband's yeah. a comedian. If you can call If us you're again. listening.
2: Hey, Gail, give us a call back 877 960 9960 or you can text us at 772 497. Six five three zero.
1: Still get back on those texts. We're backing up again. <laughs> Will do. Uh,
0: we got a text from Anne Marie, longtime listener, longtime texter. Oh, good uh, morning,
2: Anne Marie. Hey, everybody.
0: Uh, good morning. Uh, this is from Anne Marie. Good morning. Thank you, Tina, for mentioning mentioning the dangers of carbon monoxide poisoning from start button cars with quiet engines that you don't realize are still running. There's another danger to watch out for, especially if you're used to driving a car with an old-fashioned key. Ladies, please be careful when leaving the car and. Pulling your purse after you, I rented a car with a start button. I stepped out of the car and pulled my purse after me. It swung and hit the button and started the car with me outside of it. It was awkward to reach in to shut it off again. After that, I started paying attention to the location of those start buttons on rental cars. Some are easier to, to accidentally hit than others. Thank mm. you. Wow, that's, that's interesting. a new one. Yeah. Thank, Thank you very, very much. Very interesting.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Anne Marie. Uh, we are going to go to Paul, who's holding uh, from Jupiter. Good morning, Paul.
0: Hi, good morning, everyone. How are you? Good morning. Good
10: morning. Good. Um, can, you
11: guys, can you hear me okay?
10: Yes. Yeah.
11: Okay, great. I was listening earlier with Gloria and with that clicking sound in her uh, pyre. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, because this has happened to me before. Um, I was just thinking maybe there's a, a piece of metal in the tire tread that just not has started to leak yet. Could that be a possibility for her to check?
4: That actually is a very real possibility. A rock or stone or something stuck in the tire as well, yep. I would ask, uh, the, I would I think.
1: If, you know, if it clicks faster
11: when she goes faster or slows down when the car is slow, that might be an indication of uh, metal or a nail.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's a great way to diagnose us.
10: Exactly. Anyway, good luck, Gloria. Hey, uh, Thank you,
1: Paul. I really appreciate yeah, the call. Yeah, Paul, thanks. Yep. For, uh, I yep. like this exchange, the synergy we got going yeah. here with callers calling on other callers and back and forth like a community uh, we got yeah, going
2: Yeah, ideas, opinions, so on and so forth. Everybody's a very important part of the show, 877-960-9960. And I think Stu's got some texts to get to.
0: Yeah, they're just coming in this morning. Uh, this is from Sam in Hope Sound. Do gas stations clean the sediment out from their tanks? Would new stations provide better quality gas? There's a new trace, there's a new racetrack that opened in Hobe Sound, but I stopped for my gas, Sam, in Hobe Sound.
1: Well, I think the ones that you have to be careful of, Stan, are the older, off-the-beaten-track, cheaper, kind of a dingy-looking gas stations that don't do much volume. If you have a high-volume gas station, unfortunately, that's typically where the prices are a little higher, but uh, a, a brand... Uh, racetrack is a good brand, and they typically locate in in high-volume areas. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about sediment. But uh, in our experience, I think Rick would confirm this, when someone has sediment in their tank, it's probably from an off-the-beaten-track, off-brand gas, brand of gas, and they buy maybe their gas from an independent distributor, and they don't sell a lot of it, and it sits in the tank for a long time, and that's how sediment happens. Well, I, I do know that the tanks are
4: required to be replaced in a regular pattern. I don't know what length of time, how many years they're allowed to be there before they have to replace the tanks, but I do know they are required to replace them every so often.
1: Uh, I would uh, question that, but maybe there's a new uh, law. And,
4: yeah. yes, the the newer stations obviously are going to have less chance to have any sediment in there. Yeah. And, of course, like Earl says, the more high traffic, that fuel doesn't get a chance to just settle. So little bits of sediment
0: would be picked up and it would just kind of self-clean itself.
1: Okay. Next text.
0: Okay. We have one from Robbie and Stewart, Florida. It says, Good morning. In response to John's call about car dealers overcharging tag fees, I'm happy to inform you that when we bought our vehicle from you, brand new, a few months ago, there was an overcharge on our tag and registration fee. I know this because we received a refund check from you that we were not expecting. Thank you for being so honest. That's Robbie and Stewart. Um I can tell you that um we in most dealerships uh use a software program when you buy the car and if that does not reconcile perfectly with the uh with the D M V um they'll issue a refund and then an honest dealer will send it back to you. <laughs> so yeah. well it's
1: usually accurate though, isn't it? I mean there was a there was a time go back twenty years where everyone was an everyone was estimating yeah. and uh but now the uh the offline or the off campus uh, companies' uh, software program that's Stu referred to—they uh, know all. They have all the facts. They got the date of birth. They got the type of car. Uh, they got the the history. Is it a transfer or not? And there really is very little reason there okay. should be a mistake.
0: If there is, it's it's, it's rare, and yeah. we see them once in a while. Yeah, it used to happen all the time though. So yeah, um, here's another one. Uh, Took my car to a tire place because I was losing air in all four tires. They said I need to replace all four wheels in one tire i hope i'm not being taken what are your thoughts
1: that sounds to me like uh a pretty crazy thing uh that if you're losing air in one tire or two tires uh not three or four if you're losing air in all four tires how could all your wheels go bad at the same time if you have a bad wheel they're not going to all go bad simultaneously the odds against that are very very rare i would get a second opinion uh on that i don't think that you're getting at. It's not impossible, but it's highly improbable. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Okay, we have a text from Wayne. Uh, Wayne says When you buy a car across state lines, sometimes you have to pay sales tax outright in your home state when registering the
1: new car. That's from Wayne. There's a reciprocity agreement that states have that will refund the tax in the state. That you didn't pay the tax on, or where you had to pay the tax, I should say. So you you shouldn't ever have to pay sales tax twice.
0: Correct. Um, not all states are reciprocal. Um, if that's the case, if they're not reciprocal, you won't pay sales tax in the state where you buy it. It's when you register it yes. and insure it in your home state where yeah. that would be um, yeah. where they'd apply that. Don't ever pay two sales taxes when you buy a car uh, in the other state. That's right. And the last one, which will get us caught up, this is from Stephen, who is watching our live Facebook uh, video on Facebook.com forward slash erlang Cars. Uh, when in Jensen Beach, we usually buy gas at BJ's. Um, in New Jersey, Costco is our go-to place, and they're very high-volume places. So that was probably in response mm-hmm. to the comment on the gas mm-hmm. tanks. We're all kind up. We've got
4: one more over here. Okay, good.
0: Uh, Dino Cardella
4: is asking – well, actually, he's telling – uh, he says it took two years to get the his passenger airbag replaced on his wife's Lincoln MKC. He said the they, even the dealership was frustrated, and they very felt very unsafe. He said they actually talked about the idea of wearing motorcycle helmets while riding in the passenger side seat. And <laughs> that is still a very real issue for a lot of manufacturers are getting replacement airbags in. As a matter of fact, Toyota Forerunners, uh, for the model two thousand sixteen year, which is one of the newest additions to the uh, uh list of vehicles we need replacement airbags, they are right now on back order until September. Mm-hmm. And that that's a, a small amount of time compared to some of them like the Hondas, where even now some of those cars are still gonna be waiting another year or two
1: years just to get these airbag replacement parts. Yeah, that's a shame. That, again, goes to the whole scenario of dangerous recalls not being addressed by our legislators and by the fact that it's legal to sell these cars. And uh, somebody should get a horsewhip out on these manufacturers and say... You will build these airbags to replace the defective ones, or else you're going to shut your plant down. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody has to have the courage to go to an auto manufacturer and say, we're not going to let you sell these cars until you can fix your airbags. And they have to have the courage to, it's a financial thing, it's, you know, follow the money. The car dealers are afraid of it. The manufacturers are afraid of it because of the economic hit. So they're weighing the lives of the car drivers against the economic impact on the economy through the manufacturers of the car dealers i mean how could you compare a human life uh to uh, uh losing money because you can't sell a car and the scariest part is as these
4: airbags are getting older and decaying more I, there have been documented cases where airbags have exploded not just inflated normally like for no reason just bursting the bag out but literally exploding like a hand grenade yep for no reason whatsoever. Exactly. So, folks, if your car is on this list for the recall, keep at your dealership. Keep on the manufacturer. Make some noise. Yeah. You need to get this taken care of because you could be
1: driving around in a death trap. Okay, folks, get uh, get in touch with us. 877-960-9960. Uh, we don't have any text waiting. and We don't have any YouTubes and uh, we don't have any phone calls we uh,
2: we will though Uh, I encourage you ladies to give us a call you know right here at Earl Stewart on cars we are well we're creating an appealing and a a trustworthy environment for you and uh, we want to make you feel very comfortable and this is how we'll increase the female callers to Earl Stewart on cars well
1: we have a couple texts just came through
2: 8779609960 Okay,
0: hi folks. You were talking about high pressure sales tactics in the 70s I sold cars at a Ford dealership.
6: Oh boy.
0: I was trained by an outfit from Chicago known as APB. It's Automotive Profit Builders. Hmm. We were taught to get the customer's car keys and not return them <laughs> until we had a signed deal. <laughs> <laughs> I quit after 3 months. <laughs> <laughs> Good wow. for you. That's true. Yeah. Well, I wasn't trained that way. I think things had probably progressed a little bit about th- 25 years ago or so, but yeah. I was trained to do things I was really uncomfortable doing. Yeah.
1: Now, back in the day, and I was there back in the day, there was a system also called Hull-Dobbs, H-U-L-L-Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S. Hull-Dobbs. And uh, that was a very aggressive, and it was little true that you would not give the keys back trade in keys back to the customer and you 'd wear them down uh, there was There was even talk of them throwing the keys yes. on the roof of the dealership uh, totally aggressive illegal uh, brutal one of the big things back in those days was bugging the uh, closing offices we called them the uh, the where you took the customer to negotiate the deal and you would sit the customer down mr and mrs jones and you would give them a price and you would say why don't the two of you discuss this think about it and i'm going to go out and have a cup of coffee and so the salesperson would close the door to the closing booth walk out uh, go around the corner and they into a sales manager's office turn on the the uh, bug device, and listen to Mr. and <laughs> Mrs. Jones discuss this. All right, uh, this was common. Almost every car dealership did it. And finally, the FBI somehow got involved, and they raided a bunch of car dealerships in Texas. And that's how that came to a stop. The practices. So I guess I'm I'm hard on car dealers today. And they are bad by today's standards, but I have to say, having been back in the 60s and 70s, they're pretty good now. They're pretty good now <laughs> compared to that. Right. It was terrible back in those days. Yeah. it <laughs> was even
2: more terrible if you really experienced it back in the 70s. It, and as a woman, having my keys taken away from me uh, was uh, well, it was it was quite a dog and pony show. Let me tell you, uh, the uh, salesperson uh, became very frightened. Let's put it that way, and I'll hold off uh, to discuss the details in another show.
4: Rick, do you remember the in the movie Vacation, the beginning when Chevy Chase takes his car in, he's going to get his new car, the big station and they like don't it. have the 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 Arctic Blue that he was supposed to get, oh, yeah, yeah. and they bring out the truckster. Oh yeah. And yes, <laughs> and when he argues, they say, "Well, bring his trade in back out," and a. They had crushed (laughs) his car. (laughs) Uh, Not too far from the truth.
1: I think we got
0: some (laughs) text over here, don't we, Stu? We do. That's a classic. I love that. Okay, we have a text from Steve in New Jersey. Um, Oh, New Jersey. I love it. Mm -hmm. I have an all-wheel drive Subaru. Recently, I had a sidewall tire failure and had to replace it. I was told that since my car was an all-wheel drive, I should replace all four tires at the same time. I planned to replace all of the tires anyway, so I did so. Was the advice I received accurate? No. There you go. If you've
4: got four <laughs> brand-new tires and you hit a pothole and it destroys one tire and the other tires are still completely serviceable, you only need one tire. His question I'd, was because
1: it was an all-wheel drive. you right, but that, yeah. that really doesn't no. make yeah. a change, no. Yeah. Okay. Next.
0: Uh, simple question for Rick. Uh, is there a fix to a stripped oil pan screw besides a new oil pan? Probably. Uh, this came up last week, didn't
1: it? There, there a are, couple there weeks is ago, fix, but it's not reliable. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, we have what's. You can put in what's called a helicoil, where we drill it out and cut new threads and ins- put this threaded insert. They're not very safe. They're not very reliable. in In our shop, in an emergency situation, we will do it one time, and then we tell the customer we won't take it back out because it's not likely to seal properly if we try putting that plug back in. And remember,
1: if you lose your oil pan and you're out on the road, you lose all your oil, you lose your engine. So absolutely, it's, it's serious money you're playing with. Best thing to do is replace the oil pan. Unfortunately, that's expensive. We got another text.
0: Yes, we do. This is on our live Facebook feed. It's from Steve. He says, my money pit, a 944 Turbo, ouch, that sounds like a money pit, has has 31-year-old airbags in it. They suggested servicing them every 10 years <laughs> Do I need to come up with even more money? Can I go to Plan B and pull the fuse on the
1: airbags? Well, you can do that if you want to die. I mean, uh, airbags serve a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. They they should. Yes. And uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, pull the plug on my airbags. You could pull the plug on the airbags if you don't want to have the airbag deploy, but uh, it's just not a good idea. And whoever did it for you would have a huge liability. I wouldn't do it for you, and uh, the mechanic that would do it for you. Sure he's not doing his job properly. I think the f- the main thing is
0: acceptance, and you've accepted that your 944 turbo is a money pit, so uh, I understand. Pour some more money in it, <laughs>
1: or get rid of it. <laughs> right. Okay, I guess we're caught up. We got no. I got two yep. YouTubes over here.
4: Uh Mister Hand is actually saying he's looking forward to the uh, the mystery shopping report today. He says the Hand family just had a horrible experience at Midway Ford in the Miami area. Mm, That might be a little hint for someone for Agent Thunder to be aimed at. Might might do a mystery shop. Midway, I'm going to write that down. Midway Ford. And my other one here, Gregory Harris has uh, what I think is a good suggestion. Always leave your radio on at a reasonable level. And when you turn your car off, if the radio goes off when you open the door, you know the car is turned off. But if you get out of the car and you can still hear the radio playing, you know your car is still running. I do that all the time anyway. So for those push-button cars, that's that's a pretty reasonable
0: idea. It certainly would be more attention-getting than that single little beep. You know, a thought came to me when we were talking about it earlier. Um, and the question was, why isn't there, I think Tana said, that, is there an aftermarket solution <coughs> to that? There's, all, there's remote start mm-hmm. technology that you can use with a, with a phone app. Yep. And there is a key fobs that you can use. I don't think it would be that difficult to do to put a timer cut off on an engine. And I don't, I'm speaking I of of school. I think
1: people are probably afraid to play with that because of the liability. You've got to remember, you don't want your engine turning off when you're on I-95 doing 78 miles an hour. And, of course and I think people are afraid of that exposure of a possible liability because I agree with you. It is simple.
4: My, my opinion the manufacturers could do a simple computer reflash that all it does is tell the car if the key leaves the car and the car is in park and not moving five minutes later, yeah.
0: shut the car
1: off. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Manufacturers can't
0: change it. And the
1: manufacturers the responsible for was, that. Uh,
0: aftermarket. Maybe you can use IFTT. Another show. So
2: uh, the uh, manufacturer uh, yeah, yeah. should really get <laughs> on this very serious topic, very serious.
1: Let me uh, let me something mention something elaborate. while we have time here That uh, and a little pause in the calls. Uh, Nancy and I talked about this on the way in, uh, the fact that there is a huge switch we're witnessing in the way car dealers make their money. And it is very encouraging in a way because the consumers are becoming more educated. The data available is... Huge. Uh, uh, we do, big data is out there. Artificial intelligence. You can really find all you'll want to find out about what a good price is on a car. Earl on cars is a good way to find out how to shop and buy a car. New cars have become a generic product, a commodity. And a Honda is a Honda is a Honda. All you need to worry about when you buy that specific Honda with a particular MSRP is which deal you buy it from. They're all the same. A lot of other things you're buying, you you get a better quality product here or there, but all Hondas are are made the same. All General Motors, uh, all Chevrolets are made the same. It's a commodity product, like buying oil and soybeans and wheat. So all you want to do is get the lowest price. And with the data available to you, it has become the fact that car dealers aren't making any money when they sell new cars car dealers are breaking even and many of them are actually losing money so they're switching to other department heads or departments to make money we've talked about the F&I department where they finance the car huge profit center the car dealers are focusing very heavily on that also the service department ironically you should be probably be more careful now having a car serviced or maintained than when you buy the car if you are an educated consumer parts service Used cars is another source of profit, but that doesn't mean you let your guard down in the new car department. And a lot of the calls today are about buying new cars. But the the word is out there. If you use the tools available to you when you buy a new car, you can get a great price. Chances are, if you use True Car or Costco, and I think Stu would agree with me on this, if you use True, true Car or Costco to buy a car, the car dealer will actually break even or lose money. Yes. So, very clo- close to it, very close to it. Yeah. Uh many car dealers out there are losing money. Now, used cars strangely enough are also narrowing their profit margins because even though used cars are unique as opposed to a new car, every used car is different, but because of big data and because of sources and and pricing Mechanisms available to car dealers. We know in real time. As I we I mean I'm a car dealer. We know in real time whatever used cars worth. We buy used cars online. We sell used cars online. Twenty years ago, if you told me I'd be buying a used car on my computer, never seeing it, never driving it, I would say you're crazy. But we do that today. We buy used cars on the computer, and then we go pick up the used car, and we sell used cars on the computer, mm-hmm. and people come and pick up the used car. So it's, it's almost a commodity in used cars. Yeah. The only source of profit left is in the flim-flam, uh, the, the uh, smoke and mirrors, in the F&I department, financing high-interest Mickey Mouse products like gap insurance, service contracts, uh, maintenance contracts, road hazard insurance, products you've never heard of before, and also in the service department cars today require less maintenance and less repair than ever before and the strange thing is the car dealers are charging you more than they should they're making up stuff and they're calling it dealer recommended service flushes. If the dealer tries to sell you a flush forget about it. Transmission flushes, forget about it. Radiator flushes, forget about it. Go in and use the factory owner's manual when you have your car repaired or maintained. And Be very careful and shop and and compare repair prices just like you would shop and compare a used car. That's right. Okay. I think we have a text. We do. Uh,
0: Nobody talks about the discrimination LGBTQ folks experience in car dealerships. I'm gay, and I've dealt with disrespect, snickering, and outright abuse just about every time I've tried to buy a car. Well, I can tell you that a lot of car dealerships are throwbacks to the past. I mean, there's a lot of uh, old attitudes that still uh, survive among car dealers and car salespeople, and it's a shame.
1: Well, it is a shame, and the same thing applies to, to women, and the whole idea of the old school, a lot of car dealers are intelligent people, and a lot of car dealers are understanding that they have to Appeal to the customer and treat the customer politely with courtesy. Uh, I'm not saying, you notice I didn't say transparency, but uh, to be rude to a female or be rude to a gay person is just plain stupid. Because women buy a whole lot of cars, and so do gay people. Buy a whole lot of cars, and if you want to make a profit, you better treat everybody with courtesy and respect. The other old school thing is, if somebody comes in wearing torn jeans with a hole in his shirt and sneakers, you figure right, he can't afford to buy a car. The fact of the matter is, a lot of people that are very wealthy dress very casually, and people and car dealers are even getting onto that today. So the old school is pretty much out of out of focus. Beware of the well dressed, friendly, courteous car salesperson. He's got your number. Don't take courtesy as the answer. You also have to do your research. Yeah.
2: Yeah, some people, uh, some car dealers just haven't gotten the memo, and it's a rather unfortunate situation. And to the Texer his name?
0: There's no name on no it. Name?
2: No name? Okay. I just want to remind you as I tell women the same, I give them the same identical advice that is just leave when you just can't connect with someone in that dealership and first of all when you walk in you know they are not your friends and if you can't connect with them in any on any level just leave
0: yeah right i mean there's some dealers that get it more than others and uh find those they're not all bad
2: no they're definitely not all bad
1: Okay, well, we're all caught up with texts. Yeah, I got a text, a personal text here, and uh, it's a should I lease or buy kind of a text. And uh, it's uh, probably, if I had to rank all the questions that I get, that's probably the most common, should I lease or buy? And uh, what I do usually is I say, rule of thumb, buy. It's simpler. It's safer. Leasing is very complicated. There's a lot more ways to be taken advantage of in a lease. If you're a sophisticated, uh, top drawer type of educated consumer, it doesn't make any difference with you lease or buy. I do a side-by-side analysis. Sometimes the manufacturer will have a leasing program that's very attractive. And uh, the manufacturers, they have a dog in the in the hunt too. They want to make more money and they know if you lease a car from them, uh, they're more likely to buy a, or lease another car. So sometimes they have very attractive leases uh, with You know, high residuals uh, uh, with low rates, with very good payments. Uh, My advice to you, if you're going to lease a car, just be sure you know what the down payment is. The advertised prices always include uh, down payments. Uh, If you're going to buy a car, uh, you can check. The checklist is much shorter and much less chance you'll be taken advantage of.
2: Do your homework, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter what you're after when you walk into a dealership. Whether you're going in for service, whether you're going to lease a car, whether you're going to buy a car, do your homework. I'll tell you right now, knowledge is power. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. And don't forget, we've got the Mystery Shopping Report coming up, and you too can be part of it. All you have to do is text us and rate it, 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. Seven, a seven,
1: couple texts just came in.
0: We do. This is on our Facebook feed. One's from Joe. It says, if you don't like the way they treat you, walk the blank out. So that is absolutely true, echoing Nancy's sentiments.
2: Yeah, I would have gotten the dump button. A little bit more <laughs> profanely.
1: It, but take, it takes a, a certain demeanor, personality <laughs> to be able to do that. You know, unfortunately, we, a lot of people, uh, don't like to hurt people's feelings. They walk in there. The car salespeople usually are smiley, well-dressed, handsome, pretty, uh, you know, disarming, uh, you tr- trustworthy looking. And you don't like to be rude. I mean, when you tur- when you turn around and walk out the door and slam it, you consider that rude. But unfortunately, sometimes aggressive behavior is the only way to deal with car salespeople, particularly when they're trying to take advantage of you. Well, I
2: think, uh, you know, uh, you don't slam the door. You just look at the person and you say, uh, look, I don't think we connect. Have a great day.
0: Here, you try this. Um, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. And then just get go to your car. Where's the ladies' room? <laughs> did, did, did that guy ever come back? No. Yeah. Ah. Check the bathroom. I
1: left my sunglasses in the car. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll confess, I've used that technique at parties before. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, I'll be right back. Yeah.
0: I need. I'm my driving asthma. home. <laughs> I need my asthma inhaler.
2: The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No, <laughs> oh, no, no,
0: no. We're we're introverts, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, this is our uh, Facebook feed. It says Ford try to sell an engine flush for our Edge. Subsequently, I read that it can damage the engine by loosening debris and leaving it inside the engine. I also read that it voided the manufacturer's warranty because of the dangers that it presents. Uh, I didn't know that, but Rick could probably chime in on that. But that's a good thing to that's a thing to watch out for, I suppose. Uh I've never heard
4: of anything like that being able to void a warranty from a flush, but no. Nah. It, it's, one, it's one of those snake oil things, but I, I've never heard of an actual flush causing damage to an engine. Uh, unless they're running some chemical that is really caustic, most most cases it's pretty benign. But unfortunately, it's bottom line not is, benign on your wallet.
1: Bottom line, just don't have a flush. Just don't do it. Right. They don't they come flush. into a car dealership. to try to sell you one. Okay, are mm. we caught up? We are caught up. Let's get to the mystery shopping report, although we might have a caller there. I see the phone, the white phone being picked up. Uh, if we do, we'll take the call. And uh, and uh, the mystery shopping report, as Nancy mentioned earlier, is to a Rego Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Uh, we uh, shopped them a couple years ago. Uh, the Rego Brothers uh, own the, this, uh, this particular dealership. They have four locations in South Florida, claim to be the largest volume. Uh, Chrysler dealers, and uh, I call them, I'm just going to say Chrysler for short, uh, in the nation. They probably are in Florida. I'm not sure about the nation. Uh, They have dealerships in Palm Beach, on Okeechobee Boulevard, West Palm Beach. They're in Broward and Sawgrass. Uh, They're in Margate, and they're in Fort Pierce. Uh, We have a long and storied history with the Arrigos. Not only have we mystery shopped their dealerships more than a dozen times, I actually sued them under Florida's Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act for selling used cars with Takata airbag recalls. And actually, uh, it's a little complicated, but we lost the suit, we appealed it, and we lost the appeal. Uh, Which is very uh, disappointing. We could appeal it further. Uh, to the state supreme court it was uh, it was lost on a technicality and it didn't have to do with if it's okay to sell a car with a defective airbag I wish it had been that issue but it had to do with whether or not my Arrigo, uh, Arigo selling cars that I couldn't sell because of my conscience and my morality was that an unfair, was he was he harming me competitively and I thought and my attorneys thought that yes he was Mm -hmm. if you allow a dealer to break the law do something that is seemingly harmful uh, freely without any repercussions he's got an advantage and your hands are tied we if we have a caller we'll take the call we don't know Uh, (laughs) if uh, I would think it's gonna harm me competitively but the courts didn't agree and that's the name of that tune took a shot exactly so we are shopping and we go but I get. Give Arrigo credit where credit is due. Arrigo won, and we lost. And that's the story. I'm not going to hide that. It's Feel bad about it. That's
0: where the cookie crumbled.
1: That's where the cookie crumbles. All the Origos, uh, market themselves a lot with loud, flashy, and undeniably funny ads. Truly funny. Yeah. Uh, I like I mean, these guys. I, I turn off a lot of ads, and some of them trying to be funny, and they're just not funny. Arrigos are really funny. And I wish... They would sell an album.
0: Yeah, they need to go on the road.
1: They do. I mean, you could do it on YouTube. <laughs> you could probably do a, you could probably go to uh, Rigo and yeah. YouTube commercials yeah. and watch them. And what's the guy on the west coast, uh, Fucillo. Fucillo. On yeah. well, the West Coast, he does very funny ass. and there's also the Prime Auto Sales. Uh, $9.99. That's right. $9.99. 999. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of funny cars. The ads. Deal Man. The Deal Man, exactly. Yeah. Reminds me
4: of the old Chuck Curcio Tire Kingdom commercials. They back were good. When Chuck was they in charge. Yeah. Okay. They were good. He was awesome. How about
0: Betting Barn?
1: We do have uh, Betting Barn. Okay, yeah. we do have a call. We'll take it.
2: We're gonna we're gonna take uh, Joan. Uh, she's been holding. Hi, Joan. Hi. Good morning.
12: Yes. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome. Welcome What's your question to the show. Wrong? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, um, uh, not quite three years ago, I went to an Audi dealer, and at the pressure I received, I mean, I I went in deliberately looking for an Audi, and I try I wanted the uh, 2016 and i tried it out and it was very nice and and it fit me and it was very comfortable and when we came to to talking about you know doing a contract i said i had to have i could i could not use a black interior because it's too hot in florida i I had to have a light interior and they didn't have any and then after a little while my my salesman says oh i just remembered we've got one out back Hmm. And and um, so I looked at it, and didn't get in and drive it or anything. I just looked at it, and it had a, a beige leather interior, and that was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I drove away with the car. Um, meantime, I was I was I don't know. I'm I'm almost eighty-eight now. Then that was three years ago. Whatever my age. And um, and I have had the most miserable time with this car for almost three years. Sorry. It doesn't fit me. It, it it's, it's it just doesn't work for me. It's, I don't want to drive it. It's a nice car, and and it you know would be fine for somebody, but it's not what. And when I tried a as sixteen, when they brought one for me, when they took my car for service, mm-hmm. was totally different. They slipped a 15 in on me, and I didn't notice that oh. I'm, I'm, I've i been very ill um, with back surgeries and and a lot of age-related things. and And my stamina does not stay up, and I was completely wiped out by the time I got through with this dealer. So anyway, I just wanted to tell people out there to really watch what they're getting once they sign a contract. I and agree. I didn't discover it for months because I was ill. I had to have another back surgery, and yeah. I really didn't drive the car that much. And I didn't discover it. So I am stuck with, with a car that I have hated um, for three years now. Brand new, full price. I'm
6: sorry.
12: Um, and, and, and I just wanted people to know that that even what you think is a... Is a dealer that's honest will pull these tricks.
1: Well, Gail, I thank you uh, very much. Uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's embarrassing for people to admit they made a mistake, uh, and, and it isn't your fault. It's just the fault of the system and the way car dealers are able to prey on people that uh, they can take advantage of. Uh, uh, your your courage to call in and tell that story has probably saved a lot of people out there, and. Uh, and raise their attention to be very, very careful. Uh, nobody should buy a car alone. It's a shame to have to say that. I mean, you can buy a TV set alone. You can buy a refrigerator alone. You can buy almost anything. But when you buy a car, you better have some company. And that's what I re- recommend to anybody, whether you're elderly or not elderly, whether you're a sophisticated buyer or not. Two, two people is better than one. You go in there and to do your research ahead of time, but uh, thank you for having the uh, yep. the courage to call us, and we, exactly. we hope you call again, Gail, John? and keep us posted. Joan, John? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, again, uh, I'll just, uh, Earl was correct, it took a lot of courage for you to call, and it, that was an unfortunate situation that happened to you, and uh, it, what, was that a local car dealer? Okay, Joan, it was nice talking to you. Stay in touch with us, and good luck with your back problems. We're going to go back to the Mystery Shopping Report. That Mystery Shopping Report is from a Rigo Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in West Palm Beach.
1: We were just talking about the Rigo brothers and the fact they have four car dealerships. Three of the four uh, in Florida are on our recommended dealer list, but we haven't talked to them in, or visited them in a couple of years, so that's two that's too, uh, too long. We revisited them. Uh, Agent X uh, pretended to buy a Chrysler 300 uh, and more or less experienced what a typical buyer expenses of Florida car dealership. Unexpected pricey hidden fees. After, okay here we go, I got ahead of myself here. Uh, we looked at an uh, advertisement uh, where they online advertised $10,000 off MSRP on new Jeeps and that's uh, a lot of money. To discount the manufacturer suggested retail price I actually have a copy on the mystery shopping report you can't read it very well especially the fine print but what you can see is a ten thousand dollar discount on a jeep and that'll get anybody's attention so that was our reason premise for going in
2: get them in the door
1: exactly the format of the ad was familiar the one phrase that stood out from the rest of the ad copy was a giant glowing red $10,000 off MSRP. The only other words were in large and legible type size words with a new Jeeps, new Jeeps, $10,000 discount. Stand in line, that's a heck of a deal. Much less obvious was a phrase very popular with car dealers and, for all intents and purposes, everybody. Up to. All advertisers, up to. When you see up to, folks, I hope it rings a bell. It just completely nullifies the offer. Up to, right. Uh, This appeared right before the $10,000. Legally they're off the hook. At the bottom of the ad was the ever-present fine print and you just couldn't read it and especially online if you do a screenshot and blow it up you can read it and that's what we have to do. So, the rules on advertising allow dealers to get away with bloody murder. We blew it up and here's what the fine print says. Subject prior sale, that's standard amounts vary on select in stock vehicles now what that says is if it's not on the ground in that dealership they don't have to sell it to you at that price even though a third or a half of car dealers sell their cars by dealer trading them back and forth but they have a technical exclusion if it's not on the ground at that dealership and then they say plus tax tag title dealer installed options that's a huge mouthful Dealer install options. This is a huge ripoff because they add valueless products on the car, such as nitrogen in the tires, and you can check that list off. There's all sorts of things they charge: paint sealant, plastic stripes, uh, fabric protection, uh, loaner cars, which you're entitled to anyway, or they won't really give you. Uh, and they put all these market adjustment addendum, which is just saying we mark the price up. And this dealer installs options go on the window sticker next to the Monroney label, and we call it the phony Monroney. Uh, and then here's, a, here's another beauty. Not all buyers will qualify. See dealer for details. So they don't even give you the disclosure in the fine print. You've got to see the dealer for the details, and nobody ever sees the dealer for the details. So, right away, we know that nobody's going to get this deal. It's important to note that this had appeared online in a rotating slideshow. You know, you've seen it online. If you do any online shopping, flashing back and forth. Now you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. And impossible, kind of like a TV fine print. They flash the fine print on the TV screen, and before you can notice the fine print's there, it's gone. And radio does the same thing. And they do it at at, uh, warp speed, sonic speed verbiage. Um, there we are. We sent an Agent Thunder to find out how Regal Dodge, Carstage Ibrahim, West Palm Beach would explain why he wouldn't be getting the $10,000 discount. We we, we assumed that was going to happen. We assume that was, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it can happen. I mean, we just say lightning can, can strike twice in the same place. Highly unlikely. And here's a report speaking as if I were Agent uh, Thunder. I headed to Arrigo on a co- Okeechobee uh, late afternoon. It was just after 4. Rush hour had already kicked in. Okeechobee was a beast. When I arrived at the dealership, I was stressed, and I hoped no one would be too rough on me. Is Feeling Agent very vulnerable.
0: Agent Thunder is very sensitive.
1: He is. Yeah. He is. I entered the showroom, and unlike Agent uh, X.
0: Right. Yes. He's
1: a whole new personality. Totally new personality. Which good. Yeah. I entered the showroom, and it was met by a greeter, named Veronica. She asked if I was there for sales. I said I was. I told her I was there to see about an ad for $10,000 off the MSRP on a Jeep. Veronica was pleasant, said she needed to enter my information into the computer before I could proceed with a salesperson. She wanted to know my name, address, so on and so forth. When she was done, she called over a young man sitting at a desk. He hopped up and walked away. Or walk my way. Walked our way. Yeah. Corey, his name is Corey, young, new in the business. You'll find a lot of young, new people in the business because car salesmen really don't stand up long under the high pressure. You think about you have high pressure. Think about the young, innocent person that's looking for a job and he needs to feed his family and he sees an advertisement. Car dealers are deceptive when they hire too. Hundred thousand dollars a year, no experience required. We train you. All you have to do is follow orders, do what we tell you to do, and you'll make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And these poor young, innocent people come in, and they are—they're taking more advantage of in a lot of ways than the customer. So Corey was young, fresh, and new. Said he was learning the ropes. We sat down and asked what I was looking for. I told him I was there because I had seen the ad for the $10,000 off on the Jeep. I said I wanted to get a Grand Cherokee and asked if the offer applied to these models. Corey wasn't prepared to answer and immediately sought help from his manager, David. Corey told David I wanted to know about the ad for $10,000 off. David asked me what model I was interested in. I told him the Grand Cherokee. He replied that the offer was only good on the SRT and Summit trim levels. I asked him what those ran, and he replied that I was looking at a sixty thousand to seventy thousand dollar vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money for a yeah. Jeep, right?
0: The SRT is
1: way up there. Yeah, seventy thousand dollars for a Jeep. Yeah,
0: that went online
1: for seventy-two thousand dollars. Amazing.
2: He must be going to the Grand Canyon.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I said I was looking to be in uh, that. I wasn't looking to be in that price range. Uh, I'll buy a Ferrari if I wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. I said I. I thought Grand Cherokees ran in the thirty thousand dollar range. David said I'd need to look at the altitude trim for a price like that. He went on to say that the ten thousand dollars off also required me to qualify for a bunch of different incentives. I probably didn't qualify for. <laughs> That's honest. Now, yeah. <laughs> We hear that all the time uh, from salespeople that are just being barraged by customers and they're they're on the front line, and in comes a customer who has been deluded into coming in on an impossible advertisement and This poor salesperson has to deal with a customer that must be horrible i i just i don 't know how you deal with it a lot of them don't and that's the reason we have the high turnover in salespeople in most car dealership um uh, David said, "I, uh, okay, there we got there. I okay, yeah. I asked him how he knew I wouldn't qualify. He asked if I currently leased a Jeep. I said no. He said you don't qualify. Now, <laughs> how many people in the U.S.A. population are leasing a Jeep? Now, Jeep sells quite a few vehicles, but how many do they lease? What would you say? A Jeep has got maybe what?" 6% of the market, and maybe a third of those leaves, so 2%. The odds are about 2 out of 100 that he's leasing a Jeep. And oh. the advertisement went out to everybody. I agree. We've got eight people right in this area, and I bet none of us are leasing Jeeps. Anybody lease a Jeep? Anybody? I, I'm not leasing a Jeep. No. Okay. So this was a premeditated, deceptive ad to get people to f- f- flocking in to only find out that they don't qualify mm-hmm. for the discount. I asked him. If if he knew I wouldn't qualify, he asked me if I currently lease I no, don't okay, David switched gears, suggests I work with Corey. Uh, I'm losing track here now. We got Veronica. We got Corey. Uh, David. David. Okay. <coughs> no, we're not through. Uh, Corey and I. Yeah, Corey will find a Jeep Cherokee, a leg. And he said, we'll see what we can do. Mm -hmm. Corey and I walked out to the lot, found a new 2019 Jeep Cherokee, uh, Altitude, with an NMRS RP of 39, 385. No addendums, that's a surprise, because Mm -hmm. the fine print did say plus addendums, I believe. He did a pretty good job with his presentation, and then we took it for a test drive. Back in the showroom, Corey led me to a desk and said he'd be right back. I sat down, waited a few minutes before Corey returned, with another manager, Nick. So now we've got Nick, David, Corey, and Veronica. It's a, you talk to a lot of people when you go into a car dealership. Nick sat down in Corey's chair and said, uh, Mr. Blank, we didn't put the real name in, must have used Agent Thunder's real name, we want your business today, so here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to get you as close to that $10,000 off like the ad you saw. Oh, thank how, you. How does that sound to you? I said it'd sound better if I was getting the whole $10,000 off. Nick replied that he could take seven thousand three hundred and eighty six dollars off the MSRP of thirty nine three eighty five. He took out a marker and wrote on a guest sheet. We got worksheets, we got guess sheets, we got we got paper that the car dealers are using now under the advice of their attorneys. They don't they used to use the buyer's order. The buyers order got too restrictive in legal terms. So they use something now that is Definably and defi- you know they they declare up front this is not a legal document so we can do about anything we want. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the offers and the whole negotiation takes place on these guest sheets, worksheets. It's just talk. Yeah. We're just talking. We're talking. Yeah. We're talking turkey. Yeah. And you won't find the dealer fees and all the other, all of them disclosed. All the, all the hidden stuff is on the official document. The. Vehicle buyer's order, and then sometimes on only on the installment sales contract. And the fine print on these is voluminous. That's a bunch of horse hairs, if you ask me. It, it is a bunch of horse hairs. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> no, seriously, they can tell you anything, and nothing, there's, exactly. there's no restrictions. Yeah.
1: So we're looking at the uh, workshop. I'll show you what the guest sheet looks like. Uh, Agent Thunder got a great picture of this. <laughs>
0: Look at the pose of that manager. I mean, that's, yeah. that could that could be from like a. Uh, yeah. That needs to go in your blog. And they
1: always use the felt tip, the yeah. felt tip, the sharpie. Yeah, the sharpie. And there's the uh, and the plus plus plus. That's a classic. Yeah, the plus plus plus. We like that. Uh, his price was thirty-one thousand nine ninety-nine. Notice it wasn't thirty-one thousand nine hundred, or thirty-one thousand nine ninety five. Or thirty, nine. or thirty two thousand. Exactly. Thirty one nine ninety nine plus plus plus. Nick asked me if I had a deal. I told him I wanna know what plus, plus plus meant. He said tax and fees. Agent Thunder, if I'd have been Agent Thunder, I said, that's only two pluses. <laughs> well there's two fees. That's true. <laughs> but plus plus plus. What's it the third It should
0: plus? be plus, 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 dot, dot, dot. dot yeah.
1: mm-hmm. I asked to be more specific. I said, I'd like to see a complete breakdown of tax and fees. He asked, you mean like a buyer's order? <laughs> like, you know what a buyer's order is? <laughs> yes. I said, that would work. Nick excused himself, walked over to the office, returned with a blank buyer's order. Using a pen calculator, he hand-wrote the itemization I requested. My sale price was 35749 He added a $799.95 pre-delivery services fee. That's one of the thousands of names that car dealers have creatively come up with in Florida for a dealer fee. When a car dealer says, I don't charge a dealer fee, that means he doesn't charge a hidden fee named dealer fee. He comes up with his own name. This one happens to be pre-delivery service fee. And there was also a $159.95 electronic registration fee. Filing fee. Now, that's another pretend dealer fee, and it's something to make it sound like a real charge from the Department of Motor Vehicles for tax and tag. You get that electronic registration filing fee. Ah, profit to the dealer. Yeah. It is a another dealer fee. Finally, he subtracted 37.50 that he described it described as a factory rebate. Okay, more about that in a minute. Nick asked me how my credit was. I said it was great. And uh, I asked him why he wanted to know, and he said, "Depended on whether or not we can get you financed through Chrysler Credit, Chrysler Financing. I figured my mission had been accomplished, and I asked if I could take the buyer's order with me. He said I couldn't take it with me, but I could take a picture of it. We've seen this before. Yeah. Usually from a salesperson. You know, I think they're, uh, they're, they're using a technicality on the dealer. The dealer probably says, if any one of you gives out a buyer's order, you're fired. Yeah. And then he didn't say you couldn't take a picture of the buyer's order, so right. that's a loophole right. they're losing on the dealer. That's probably what it is. So, Jim and John Arrigo, if you're listening, this is the loophole they're using. And thank you very much to Dave and Nick and Veronica uh. and all <laughs> you folks that helped us get a picture Jig is up, guys. of the buyer's order. Exactly. Uh, I figured... Okay, here we go. Here's the epilogue. Agent Thunder came in to get a $10,000 off sticker MSRP on a new Jeep Cherokee, Left with the actual discount of about $7,000 after factoring in two dealer fees. Now, one dealer fee was the only one disclosed in the advertisement. Correct. In the fine print. Florida law says that the dealer fees must be included in the advertised price. The online advertisement did not include all of the dealer fees, only one. Violation of the law. And even then, it's supposed to be in the price. It's supposed to be included so in the it price. It should say price includes, exactly. it's not plus. That's so if you want to stretch it like yeah. the car dealers, and apparently the Attorney General's office is letting them get away with it, you still can't get away with it when you only put one dealer fee and you got two dealer fees, it was not in the advertised price. So many things are wrong. So many things. Uh, again, more than half the discount was the kickback from Chrysler Credit, and uh, you had to qualify by financing through Chrysler Credit. Uh, we used TrueCar to find the market average price, which was thirty-four thousand nine seventy-five. This price does not reflect the Chrysler finance incentive of thirty-seven fifty that was presented by Nick. Uh, without that incentive, agent Thunder's price would have been thirty-six. 708, dealer fees included, $1800 higher than the true car average. Now, now, uh, the true car average does not include dealer fees, so to be fair, Rico's deal for Agent Thunder was about $800 higher than the true car average. Something that uh, Stu and I talked about, and uh, my feeling is that you cannot tie the financing of a car to the sale price of the car. Now, Chrysler Credit, which is also Chrysler, was offering the $3,750 discount if you finance with Chrysler. A lot of the manufacturers do offer special financing or a discount. And you can take your choice. The special financing offers you a saving and if you don't want to finance with them and finance with your bank or credit union, uh, you can opt to take the financing rebate only. But you get the rebate either way, right, Stu? Uh,
0: If they have a bonus rebate, some manufacturers do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I'm asking any lawyers out there in the audience to back me up on this. I think it would be a high crime to allow a manufacturer, seller of anything, to tie the financing to the sale price of the car. Why? Well, OK, I could sell you a car below my cost and say, you got to finance it with me. And then when I finance it to you, instead of giving you a fair interest rate like 3.5%, I could charge you 17.5%, which is the Florida legal limit on new car interest rates. If I charged you 17.5%, I would make thousands and thousands of dollars more than I would if I sold you the car at 3.5%. It would more than offset any loss, I would take at selling of the car.
0: I'm looking on Edmonds, and they do list this, and it does say that some rebates are contingent upon financing with the captive lender.
1: Yeah. So um, I have to get a third part. This might be a class action suit we're looking at here. I need a legal opinion from an attorney in the audience in the radio audience if you have a thought on that. Rick, you've had been waving your finger at me. I'm just curious.
4: I'm, I'm a little confused. What happened to the $31,999? $9, $9, $9, Where...
0: This uh, that I'm one sure. just went away. Well, no, no, no. I, I it, like I mentioned in the report, it gets very confusing. So uh-huh. the to get to the thirty one nine ninety nine, they applied that thirty seven uh, fifty uh-huh. rebate. If you do all the math, okay. up uh, uh, it, it's very confusing. But yes, it did come at the thirty one nine ninety nine in a very uh-huh. convoluted way.
1: <laughs> so, and, and to summarize this whole thing, uh, we have a question about the legality of tying the financing to the sale price, and. Uh, I think it's wrong. It should be illegal if it's not illegal. Uh, but we have the clear-cut violation of not disclosing all the dealer fees and the advertised price. Uh, we've got boats coming in on a Rico, Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler. We uh, have five that have come in. Bob gives them a D-, Gene
0: gives them an F, JJ an F, And Ed gives them an F, and Leanna gives them an F, and do we have any more? That's it. It doesn't look good. Let's go
1: around the table here. And uh, who wants to go first?
0: I beat you, Rick. Good. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm going to give him a D minus. Uh, barely passing. It's we've seen worse. Um, Rigo in the past has uh, done okay on our mystery shopping reports, uh, but this was a bait and switch. So, not a good grade for me.
1: Nancy.
2: Well, it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the consumer is taken advantage of uh, by uh, so many dealerships. And uh, I, I want to tell you, uh, I, I really feel sorry for the person that would walk in to, uh this, well, I'll put it kindly, uh, this uh, Arrigo Dodge in uh, West Palm Beach that sells Jeeps and Chryslers and everything else. It took three people uh to really screw uh the consumer uh on this mystery shopping report three. That was Vivian, uh that was Dave. Who else? Uh it doesn't matter. Uh it's uh it's disgusting. Yeah, I Rick, don't like it. It doesn't represent my culture. I give them an F.
4: Rick. I'm gonna call it a D. I I think barely passing it's just another one where you got to keep your eyes open.
1: Yeah, I'll give them a D2. We'll, be, we'll barely pass them, But I think it's a shame that we have to make an exception for a dealer that is breaking Florida law. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to raise our standards. I think we're going to start failing people. I want to give a fair warning to all you car dealers out there. If you don't disclose all of your card de- all of your dealer fees and your advertisement, we're going to fail you and we're going to put you on the do- recommended list, and I'll go further than that. I'll write the Attorney General personally and I will complain. I'll demand that they enforce the law. The law is the law. You break the law, you shouldn't pass. We Hi, have one minute left. We, we, oh, do, we do, One
4: we, last YouTube question. Any chance we can squeeze it in real quick? Uh, Paul's asking on if you refuse to pay the shop fee at a service shop, and what
1: would you do if they refused to release your car? Well, I would pay the service, fee, and, and then I would complain to the Better Business Bureau and the Attorney General's office, and I'd make it rough on them. But you're not going to let your car be held, even if you win in the long run. A word Excellent. to the
2: wise, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to mostly the car dealers. We have partnered up with the Attorney General, Ashley Moody. So, again, a word to the wise. Don't try to take care of... Every single consumer that walks into your dealership. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars this morning. And I want to thank everyone in the control room has helped us out tremendously. Sam's back. Jonathan's helped out. And I think, I'm guessing, Bob is has also helped us. Uh, I'm not sure whether his name is Bob or not, but nobody's saying anything. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week but go